We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode number 30. We've got 30 of them. Uh, this is the Tornadoes in the Ozarks edition. I'm your host, Randy Luna. And I am Corey Taylor. And we've got a lot to talk about. Tornadoes in the Ozarks. Wasn't that something? In August. Yeah, August is supposed to be the the really boring uh, uh, time of year for tornadoes in uh, Wow. Every, every now and then, Mother Nature plays with plays along with us and gives us some fun. Gives us something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about the drought for, for weeks now, and then all of a sudden, uh, last week we saw there's a, this, you know, WPC was saying tons of rain, big rain event coming in. A lot of us got some rain, but... Uh, a lot of us did, especially in the, uh, in the... Drought areas over uh, to our west and Joplin and Oklahoma, they they got they picked up quite a bit of rain. I'm uh, interested to see what what happens this week with the drought report. Yeah, now they don't come out until I mean with their graphic till Thursday. You said yeah. so. Yeah, so we're just gonna have to wait on that. Uh, what we would say is tune into our site because uh, on Thursday we'll we'll try to get a graphic up. But I bet there's probably been a dent in the drought. Oh yeah, I don't for sure. I don't think it's over by any means. But no. Uh, but any anything will help at this point. <laughs> what was your rainfall amount? What'd you get in this whole thing? Well, it came in spurts. We didn't really have a big rain that lasted all day, but altogether, I picked up eh, probably around four, four and a half inches uh, total. Now that's more than one storm. We had we had one storm that dumped almost two inches in forty five minutes one day. You know, remember oh, that? that's right. So yeah, so that was that was that was something my poor driveway oh yeah <laughs> we see if our listeners don't know randy's driveway is is a hill his car and his garage are at the bottom of the hill so when it rains it all gathers up in his driveway now you have some a drain right there right yeah i fought for years trying to get the right drain that's not going to clog with all the, the it doesn't look big clippings. enough to me yeah yeah it's, it's a tiny little thing it really is but uh yeah i mean you got anything can plug that up leaves or grass or yeah and i had the normal the the normal drain you know the, the flat one that has just the holes in it and stuff but the problem is uh all the neighbors stuff from up the street i mean uh-huh. and then i get the the leaves and the grass clippings so in the beginning of spring it's not bad so i don't get all that mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other problem is the uh city of branson or county of branson whatever decided to chip seal the road about three or four years ago uh-huh. And I'm still getting chip seal. Money. Really? Oh, it's, I mean, everything. It's like a losing battle. And we even were, once we moved in here, saw it was happening. We even talked to the, the transportation department or somebody just maybe to get a drain in front of my driveway. Because if you see the trajectory from when it comes up the hill, 
it, it kind of curves around the road and goes right in my driveway. And I, we thought, if we could just get a drain right in front of our driveway, we wouldn't have this. And they said they couldn't do it. Huh. So uh, one of my friends suggested we get those, oh, I don't even know what you call it, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vertical what, what would you call that? I mean, it kind of fits. It looks like a dryer vent in a way. You, you, uh, so it's not just flat. And that helps a lot when it comes down. But still, I have to go out there. If we get a rain that's two inches in 30 minutes, but a normal rain is fine. It right. can handle that. But yeah. we've been having these, like you said, these spurts of mm-hmm. storms that just, bam, and produce one and a half inches of rain in 15 minutes. That's where the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> right there. But I think total... Uh, let's see. I had like uh, almost three quarters inch on one thing. I had exactly two inches on another, uh, about an inch and inch and 15 hundreds, I think once. And then that, that, uh, the stuff that happened yesterday, which we're going to get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought we were going to get pummeled with rain again. I got 11 hundreds. That's it. Yeah. By the time it got here, it was, uh, not much. We had a lot to our north and a lot to our south. We just got a few little showers blow through here uh, and a lightning strike every now and then. But and th- and that's nuts because I've been. I mean, we've been on vacation from the Hughes and then trying to get back and stuff. And I've been traveling a lot. And I was in Lebanon rehearsing, and all of the sudden, you know, uh, I don't think you and you and me thought at all it was going to be this big because the Storm Prediction Center had tagged kind of our area in northwest Arkansas in maybe a marginal risk. It's like, yeah, we're going to get one or two. That's what a marginal risk is. And then the closer we got to the event, they kept it, eh, it's going to be a marginal risk. No big deal. Well, first, they were earlier in the week, they were looking at uh, wind shear. And oh, yeah. they thought wind shear would be uh, great enough to maybe be a threat. And then they backed off on it a little bit. In yeah. The coming, and then... And then we were under a, a marginal, and then the the morning of they put us under a slight. Yeah, I thought, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I tell you what, those storms wanted to twist yesterday. Didn't Boy, they? they did. I'd never seen anything like that. I mean, I, I started getting really excited when I saw that tornado watch come out. I thought, mm-hmm. oh boy, here I am rehearsing. I'm going to be gone in Lebanon all day, and poor Corey's going to have to run everything. And, and you did a great job, by the Thank way. You. But uh, no, I know. I know what it is because when we start getting that information out there, we have so many followers now, and we thank you for that, uh, over 18,000 now. And we get lots of questions, and sometimes it's hard when we're trying to, even when we're both working the site, is trying to get the information out there, try to answer the questions and do stuff. And it's just, it's really, really hard to do. But uh, It was just one morning after another yesterday, and it oh, was... Yeah. Uh, uh, and then reports coming in from damage, mm-hmm. and you just had I had to stay on top of it for hours, and and my eyes were all squinty and hurting <laughs> oh, at the end no. of the night. And it's like, man, I've been staring at this little screen all day long. Yeah, and I was rushing home because I wanted to relieve you, right. and I finally got home, and because I w- I was on I was in Ozark right when that uh, tornado warning was was close to Cassville, and I thought, oh great, I really hope I make it home before mm-hmm. this big wind hits. And I think you were talking about too that uh, this thing evolved into a more of a straight line wind thing. Yeah, they started issuing that tornado warning for a straight line wind. It was north of Cassville, uh, kind of Lawrence, uh, and east of Spring or west, sorry, of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight line wind, and then a huge bow echo developed, kind of over to the north of Springfield. It was a it was a 
pretty cool looking on radar. Oh, though. it was massive. Um, I didn't get very many wind reports out of that, uh, like I did the tornadoes, but but it was definitely visible on radar. Oh, definitely. And I, I was trying to talk my mother through it. I mean, she's in just a little bit north of Springfield, city mm-hmm. limits, and and uh, I told her get ready, get ready. You know, stay away from windows. And she said the sky got so dark that her uh, outside night lights came on. I thought, oh, oh well. yeah, yeah, that happened a couple times this week to me for me. I have pool, oh, yeah. pool lights outside. I have a tree that lights up, and my tree one time came on. It you know it usually comes on about eight o'clock. It came on about five o'clock when we had that forty-five minutes worth of two-inch rain that day. Oh, isn't so, that scary? Yeah, I mean, but uh, <laughs> it it was a it was an interesting week of weather for sure. It it sure was, and and uh, you know, like I said, I was talking to my mother, and she said the. Uh, I said, I told her to get ready, and she said, "Oh, the wind's blowing a lot." And I said, "Well, just stay away from windows. It's severe." Blah blah blah. And it, and it didn't last long. And then uh, she said, "Okay, it's starting to get a little bit lighter." And about fifteen minutes later, she goes, "Oh no, the wind's coming back again." Well, if, if you looked at radar, this whole line was kind of composed of bow segments, so there was actually a second line mm-hmm. south of that. And so I said, okay, hang on. It's, it's going <laughs> to get over with in a minute. <laughs> and finally it did. And the, the southern part of that line, which I thought, you know, if it hung together, uh, was going to go through Branson or, or Stone County or stuff, that thing just fell apart. It, it, well, <laughs> it fell we're, apart. We're used to that, aren't we? I know. It's got to be that Branson Dome. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. So the, the tornado reports that we have, uh, that we know of, uh, the one in Barry County, there was the, a tornado on the ground south of Aurora. It was labeled as an EF1 by the National Weather Service. It said it had uh, winds of 90 miles per hour, uh, the width of a football field, and lasted 9.4 miles. That's, that's kind of a distance there. Touched down at 636 and let up at 701 crazy and um, i think there's video we we had some video uh, there were we several we had several videos yesterday uh of the the tornadoes one near diggins and and this one in aurora evidently you could see it by the car dealership you could see it by walmart uh, a lot of people saw this one in aurora i would uh it it was a uh multiple vortices there for a while it was a pretty cool video and those can get extremely dangerous. I, it, I guess it didn't get too big, though. Oh, yeah. Well, it just hit EF1. But when, I mean, from watching that video, you can tell it wasn't extremely organized. I mean, no. the, the wind, they were kind of swirling here, and then you could see pockets. And that, I mean, that's kind of typical when something starts like this. Um, and I, we got to say that these tornadoes are a little different than what your normal supercell tornadoes. Uh, those are the, the big supercells. Those are the ones that can be the EF3s, 4s, and 5s, like the one that went through Joplin. That was mm-hmm. just a single cell that just got some teeth in it and just tore it up. Well, these were more, uh, I wouldn't say front line per se. I mean, would, would you call those a front line kind of thing? Or um, uh, They were more spin-up type than your spring type. yeah. Yeah, so so normally those aren't as strong. I mean, they're still tornadoes. They're going to cause yeah. damage, we know. But um, but speaking of that one in Diggins you were talking about, that was labeled EF0. So it was mm-hmm. a lot uh, 
weaker than the one in Barry County. And I kind of got excited when, when that tornado warning came out Diggins because that's not too far from Lebanon, which is where I was at right. at the time. So I was explaining to everybody, okay, this is what's happening. You know, they had their in-house weather guy right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, uh, this waves and waves of rain and this big, strong storm system that caused all this severe weather is it's basically sweeping out the atmosphere. So what's happening now, it's a slow mover. It was in uh, northern Kansas yesterday and 24 hours later or more. Now it's it's like on the Missouri-Iowa border, and it's continuing to move east. So knowing the, the trajectories of how the low is set up, now southeast Missouri is getting into some severe weather. And the Storm Prediction Center has them in an enhanced risk, which is kind of my question. The I mean, looking in hindsight now, they should have did it enhanced over us, but... Well, they wouldn't be in an enhanced if what happened yesterday wouldn't have happened. They would have just been a slight, I think. I mean, they yeah. knew what would happen yesterday. And I mean, now now they, they're in the enhanced, and they don't even have a tornado watch. They only have a severe thunderstorm watch yeah. today. We had a tornado watch. In a but slide. It's like, it's just one of those things. I mean, nobody really knew how it was going to react. Yeah. The, the, this whole thing yesterday was very conditional. Things had to happen in order for the tornadoes to happen, and evidently they did. Yeah, and we always say that. Sometimes you can get in a slight risk, and absolutely nothing will happen. Uh, and sometimes you can get in a marginal risk, like we were in it for a while, and you get tons of tornadoes and severe weather. Oh, well, let's talk about the drought a little bit because um, we had all this rain and we don't have the information from the drought monitor yet. No. So I bet you that thing is just, it's going to change, I bet. Uh, so like we said before. We I would assume. Uh, yeah, for, if we get four or five inches of rain, that's that's a dent. So maybe we'll, we'll, we're going to watch it closely on Thursday when that thing comes yeah. out. Um, but the big story that, uh, what we just said, you know, that big low is sweeping and clearing out the atmosphere. It's going to open the door for some fantastic weather this week. It's beautiful today. I tell you what, <laughs> I'm out there and, uh, it doesn't feel like August for sure. You're not sweating. Well, I actually, I was sweating just a little bit this morning after it rained. I went outside and you know how after it rains, it warms up a little bit. Oh yeah. That's what I was feeling this morning. But, uh. They were saying in Kansas City today, it feels like fall up there. Wow. wow wouldn't that be nice? Wow. With that big low spinning, I mean, it's, it's cranking that cold air, colder air but right behind it. But And fortunately, once that thing moves out, we got Canadian air mm-hmm. all week. Uh, here in, in Branson, southwest Missouri, they're talking highs in the low 80s for mid-August. Well, you know, 11 more days is meteorological fall. Oh, get and it. that's something. Oh, I know. And I think I found a graphic we did on that. So I have to pull that out of the out of the archives. Uh, But, uh, you know, all good things kind of come to an end, sort of. I mean, we are looking at the longer range charts. Uh, There's a disturbance going to possibly move in. I mean, it's we're still several days out. So we're just kind of watching it. It's kind of new on the on the model loops now that maybe Thursday there might be something kind of giving us some showers we're not talking severe or anything but it's just some showers and friday but then i notice the thermal pro- profiles they start cranking back. summer's up. not over no uh coming back into the into the low 90s but but still that's average mm-hmm. 80 upper 80s around 90 is average for this time of year so we can't complain and i gotta tell you do you remember weeks ago 
Uh, even when Mike Griffin was here that time, I was thinking, you know, we've had these patterns in the past where it's a ex- really hot June and a, like a really hot July and a much cooler August. Oh, yeah. What that's basically kind of kind of what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a hunch of mine. Uh, and, but the times it's happened before, we had had have highs in the low 70s. I mean, it was really a lot cooler. Yeah. yeah. And this one, we're just having some cold snaps. So this is more eh, average, uh, average to whatever. Well, the rain sure was welcome for sure. And I hope we get more. Yeah. So if you got some rainfall amounts that are astronomical, let us know and post it on our site. Give us a comment, and we'd like to hear from you. Yeah. Okay, let's turn to the tropics now. Uh, what's going on in the Atlantic? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing well, uh, what's on. going on in the Eastern Pacific? Uh, same thing, nothing. There is nothing going on. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, we're talking that the that the patterns were kind of shifting a little bit, so we have that, that opportunity for thunderstorms and stuff coming off Cape Verde Islands, but there is nothing going on. And that's why they lowered their their forecast i think i mean they, they kind of realized hey uh this is peak time for uh, yeah. that to be happening and nothing's happening so well let, let's keep it that way for a while except oh, yeah. for one small small detail uh when you get out more toward the central pacific uh we got some action going on a little bit a little bit yeah we got a cat three hurricane out there lane they're already to L. Can you believe that? <laughs> in that Pacific? Already to L Lane. And we want to bring this up because the projected path of Lane uh, may kind of take it up uh, close to the Hawaiian Islands. Now, right now it's a major hurricane, but is it is expected to decrease. It's a Cat 3 uh, to decrease to a Cat 2 and a Cat 1. Uh, it's going west northwest right now, and if it continues on its on its path, I was looking at the graphics, then it's going to take more of a northwest turn, and it could impact some of the western Hawaiian islands. Very interesting. I saw a little bit of that this morning. I was I was uh, reading my Hawaii weather. You know, I do that often, <laughs> and uh, they they they. They uh, mentioned Lane, or is it Lane in Hawaii? It may be Lane. I I don't know. (laughs) But uh, that's not the first uh, bout they've had. I mean, they have never, they haven't been hit this year, but they, you know, came close to, to uh, from just a few weeks ago. They had a a scare. I mean, it didn't hit, but they they've been busy over there in the uh, in the Pacific. We have nothing over here, but oh yeah. Well, for certain, I know they're they're. You know, if it keeps on that path, they're going to get some wind. Not, not. It doesn't look like damaging wind. It doesn't look like the center's going to get go over the island. But that, you know, eastern northeastern side of it, they'll probably get some wind and some really cool clouds out of it and rain. Oh yeah. But uh, what what is the far, farther western? Is that Maui, Kauai? I do not know. I I, I need to brush up on my Hawaiian islands because we got. Uh, I I know the east one is the big island of mm-hmm. Hawaii. So. Uh, we have we actually have followers out there, <laughs> so uh, I want to keep keep up on that. Uh, but yeah, no, actually nothing else going on. So uh, let's get to the weather school this week. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. This week we thought we'd have a little fun and talk about the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, 
Most of the Earth's atmosphere is located about 10 miles up from the surface. Scientists can't agree on exactly where the Earth's atmosphere ends and outer space begins, but it's the consensus that the top is just over 6,000 miles. The atmosphere is divided into layers. Starting at the surface, we have the troposphere, and that extends up to around 10 miles. Most all of the Earth's weather is in this region. Next is the stratosphere, which extends up to around 31 miles. It's a very stable portion of the atmosphere, and it's easy for many jet aircraft to fly in this region. The mesosphere is above that, and it extends up to around 53 miles. When meteors enter the atmosphere, they burn up in this layer. The atmosphere reaches its coldest temperature in the mesosphere, sometimes around 130 degrees below zero. Next is the thermosphere, and this thick layer extends up to around 400 miles from the surface. The air is really thin in this layer, and a small change in energy causes a large change in temperature, and sometimes temperatures can get as hot as 2,700 degrees. And lastly, the exosphere. This is the upper limit of the atmosphere, and it extends from the top of the thermosphere to around 6,200 miles. Now, the ionosphere is a rather thick layer, and it overlaps with the mesosphere and the thermosphere and part of the exosphere. The ionosphere is a layer of electrons and ionized atoms and molecules that range from around 30 miles to around 600 miles in the sky. This layer expands and contracts based on solar activity, and it's so thick that it has to be divided into three subregions, region D, E, and F, based on what wavelength of solar radiation is absorbed. The ionosphere forms the inner edge of the magnetosphere, and that's the layer that makes radio communications possible. Another layer often talked about is the ozone layer. It's located in the lower part of the stratosphere and is responsible for absorbing most of the sun's UV radiation. In fact, it absorbs from 97 to 99% of all the UV light, and that's good because otherwise it would damage exposed life forms near the Earth. We measure ozone in parts per million. The ozone layer contains less than 10 parts per million of ozone, while the average concentration in Earth's atmosphere as a whole is roughly 0.3 parts per million. Nitrogen accounts for about 78% of the atmosphere. Oxygen comes in second at 21% and argon is a little less than 1%. There are several inert gases that make up well less than one-tenth of 1%. Did you know the sky is purple? I know it's hard to believe, but as light enters the atmosphere, air and water particles absorb, and then they re-emit light and scatters the light. And this scattering prefers shorter wavelengths and the most commonly scattered color is violet. We think we see a blue sky rather than a purple sky because our eyes are more sensitive to this blue color. Did you know 
In the cold, dry Arctic regions, water vapor accounts for less than 1% of the atmosphere. But in the humid tropical regions, water vapor can account for almost 4%. Did you know the International Space Station hangs out around 200 miles above the Earth's surface? Weather satellites are positioned between 520 and 530 miles. And speaking of weather, the top of a giant cumulonimbus cloud or severe thunderstorm cloud can grow to over 12 miles high. And something I thought was interesting, a man named Felix Baumgartner performed a world record jump out of a balloon that went as high as 24 miles. You can literally say he was in the stratosphere. So the next time you go outside on a sunny day and look up at the purple, I mean the, the blue sky, think about just how high up our atmosphere reaches. Over 6,000 miles if you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And now you know. Amazing. I know the atmosphere is so fascinating. And uh, I have another, did you know? Okay. My mother texted me yesterday and for some strange reason she said at her house there have been no birds for the past two weeks except for hummingbirds now she lives kind of in the country and she's got crows and the buzzards and the starlings and the wrens she's got birds everywhere and for some reason she said it's really weird she's had no birds the past two weeks i think we need to get to the bottom of this uh, yeah, or else we need to move somewhere <laughs> other than here. <laughs> how How is the uh, New Madrid fault line holding up over there? Like, well, uh, we'll find out after this this enhanced risk mm. tornado hot potential <laughs> severe weather is going to go over it or whatever. Uh, so uh, we got, uh, yeah, we started a new segment last week, the... Uh, was it Week in Weather History? Is this Week it? in Weather History. So what you got? Well, this Week in Weather History, 26 years ago, a uh, little tropical disturbance formed uh, formed into Tropical Storm Andrew. And Andrew hit as a hurricane uh, 26 years ago on August 22nd as a Category 5. Was the most expensive hurricane at the time up until Hurricane Irma. Hit and this Irma was uh, somewhat recent in the last year or two. Yeah, twenty-seven point three billion dollars in nineteen ninety-two killed sixty-five people and affected the Bahamas, South Florida, and then it went into the Gulf and infected Louisiana and the southern uh, southern states there. Wow! So it sure made the news. I mean, I remember that as a I was a. 15 years old, but I remember Hurricane Andrew more than any other hurricane growing up, up until now. I think it got, that was kind of uh, the dawn of the whole breaking news coverage, Weather Channel, CNN was really popular. So you had wall-to-wall coverage of Hurricane Andrew, and I remember we would talk about it in school the next day. Oh, wow. And I remember people having hurricane watch parties 
in Florida that they would just party all night in a house and knowing the hurricane was coming and they had evacuation orders and they didn't evacuate. Oh, Evidently, man. that's a thing. I, I Yeah. <laughs> People wait out the hurricane together. You know, they... You know, I, I don't know if I'd do that. I think it's I, not I would love to be in a hurricane someday or just kind of be on the outskirts of one just to kind of experience the wind. I'd like to be in tropical storm. Yeah. But you know. uh, not a, I mean, maybe a low end hurricane. Uh, yeah. Maybe a cat one at the most if the eye doesn't go. <laughs> I mean, the good thing now, I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing. Uh, you, people can watch it on TV. You know, you have these brave mm-hmm. souls that go out there and. Standing, you know, what is it? all the news channels, CNN, ABC, CBS, Weather Channel, everybody, they've got people out there right in the middle of that thing. And, but I know what you mean. It's like, I've even watched, you know, hurricane videos on YouTube and stuff, and I'm, which they actually, you know, the amateur ones where they stand in there. Oh, and, yeah, me too. <laughs> and I just, it's I can't dangerous. imagine that what, what amazes me about the whole thing is. When we have a severe storm or a tor- or tornadic storm or something here in the sticks, you know, we know it's coming. It lasts for maybe 15, 30 minutes, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. For me, it's bizarre that when a hurricane or tropical storm comes and that starts, it's not letting up for hours. Con- constant rain and wind. Wow. The sustained wind for this hurricane, Hurricane Andrew, 175 miles per hour. It's Cat 5? Uh-huh. And that was a yeah. one-minute sustained wind of 175. So there were gusts a lot can, higher can, than can, that. Can, can you imagine? The pressure, the lowest pressure was 922. Oh, my gosh. That's low. Yeah, that is very low. Wow. Because, so. yeah, because usually we get excited when we see a, a central minimum pressure of 950 millibars. Mm-hmm. We say, wow, that's low. And you got something that's 920 something. Oh, wow. And that that's how we measure the strength of a hurricane is we look at its central minimum pressure millibars, which is you can there's a calculation. You can convert that to barometric pressure, barometric pressure, millibars and stuff. It's, it's basically the same thing. But yeah, it. I haven't really seen much get below nine forty-five. I mean, even in the most powerful hurricanes. But I do remember, you know, mentioned it twenty-six years ago. Wow, twenty-six years. Because I was in St. Louis. I was living in St. Louis yeah. at that time, and I remember, like you're saying, the Weather Channel. I would sit there and just watch and watch and watch. Just stayed up all night and watched that thing come over. It was massive. I remember it was the it filled the radar. Just massive storm it hit Florida on August twenty-second. Hit. Louisiana on August 26th, but before it hit Louisiana, it hit all the all these oil platforms in the Gulf, and it led up to it was a 500 million dollars in losses for the oh, oil man. companies. So I imagine I'm going to imagine there was a gas hike in there for the oh you think somewhere in there. <laughs> I wasn't driving yet, but I bet there was. Well, I think what I what what's protocol? I mean, if they know a, a hurricane is coming, like in the Gulf, and they have a track, they shut those things down. They should, right? Well, yeah, usually. I mean, that's. That's just common sense. But I really don't know. I really don't know. Well, I mean, you know, when we look around at people with common sense these days, it kind of looks like that's waning in some mm, people. Yeah. We hate to say, but yeah, just, you know, the whole idea of that thing is just to, when you see hurricanes coming, you see tornadoes coming, heed the warnings. I mean, we have technology now that shows us what's coming. So in a hurricane, it moves a lot slower than a tornado in a severe storm. 
Man, I wonder if there's any water spouts in that thing. There has to be some oh, water I'm sure. Spouts. I'm sure. Well, that leads us into our weather word of the week. It's the weather word of the week. And I picked this weather word of the week simply because I thought it was appropriate from the stuff that happened yesterday. So, Corey, what's the weather word of the week? I can pronounce it. Okay. Funnel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and what's it mean? It's that thing the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz wears on his head. Exactly. <laughs> it's a funnel. In an electric electrical storm. You can oh. also make a cake with it. <laughs> True. <laughs> a funnel is a funnel-shaped cloud of condensed water droplets associated with a rotating column of wind and extending from the base of a cloud. Usually... A cumulonimbus cl- or towering cumulus cloud, but not reaching the ground. So you're basically looking at what looks like a tornado that's not hitting the ground. Mm-hmm. If a funnel touches the ground, it becomes a tornado. And that's the important thing we want to stress. We we have spotters that see funnels all the time, but until there is ground contact, it's not a tornado. Mm-hmm. It is a funnel. Sometimes I see the reverse uh, effect or opposite of that when it looks like it's a funnel and people are calling it a funnel not a tornado but the condensation cloud doesn't reach the ground even though the air is and causing debris at the at the base you can't mm-hmm. see it touching the ground but it is a tornado even though it looks like a funnel i know so that that's the really cool thing and that's why we stress uh people to go to spotter classes to go to online online classes and stuff because it like exactly like you said when you the way to identify a tornado in something that's weak like that, the condensation part of it may still be up there, but it's hard to believe. But a tornado is not a cloud. <laughs> a tornado is wind, rotating only. column of air. Yes, and wind is invisible. So what you're seeing is the wind, the circulating wind, picking up either debris. Or the cloud, the condensation part of it, the cloud, and that's what's filling in. So when you look at these, there's a really cool video, and there's I think there's I have to find where that is online, where you can you know test your knowledge and see if you can see that video, and you can say oh, tornado yeah. or not. And mm-hmm. they're they do out that there. at the Weather Spotter classes a lot. Yes, yeah. and I I'm going to go back next year because I absolutely loved it. What's neat, like in Western Oklahoma, you get those tornadoes or those rotating columns of air. And they have that red dirt out there, and it just fills the tornado with that red, reddish color, oh. red dirt. It's really pretty. Oh, I bet that's it's cool. It's scary. Yeah, with the sun in the background. Oh, yeah. That's the most eerie part, I think, is normally, well, not normally, sometimes you see a tornado, and you're looking west, mm-hmm. and behind it is just full it's sunshine. Yeah. It's like, whoa, this is really wild. Because tornadoes from supercells generally form on that southern or southwestern side of it, and that, that's kind of a key indicator of uh, of something's going to happen. Well, I think we're done with tornadoes this time. Do you think? Our torna- August tornado special. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'll take it any day. Well, I mean, the, the straight line winds and tornadoes, yeah. Uh, rain, very, very welcome. Oh, yeah. And hopefully we'll get a little bit more. And I'm going to be delving into the, the models and stuff to see. I mean, we're, like you said, and we're getting really close to meteorological fall coming up, which is... September 1st. It is going to be meteorological fall, but rando, it's still August. Yeah. You see those uh, people putting out those graphics for winter weather. 
I know. And uh, it just Smack makes me head. cringe. It drives me insane. It does. Yeah. When people are saying, it's going to snow right here. Massive amounts. Ooh. It's going to do it. Everybody freak out. And uh, yeah, we're not, we, we're not mentioning the specific person or source. But, right now there's uh, a specific person, but there will be others. Oh, of and course. And they'll be popping up on your news feed. Just ignore that. Don't don't hit share. Whatever yeah, you do, it's impossible it's right now. Completely it's irresponsible August. for them to post. They're just <laughs> wanting shares. They're just wanting likes to their page. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. So remember that. Yeah, clickbait. I think they exactly. say clickbait. They want exactly. you to get the, the public all hyped up and freaked out, and and then these things will get ten thousand shares. You know, it's just I, I, within unreal. a day. Oh yeah, because <laughs> people are hot and people. Are wanting are ready for a change, and it's been a long time since we've had a big snow. Yeah. So yeah, everybody wants it to snow except for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they're going to share that, you know. But but don't hype. Don't do you it. You know, we we always say we don't hype, and it just makes us so upset when we see these things go around. That's why we immediately try to nip it in the bud, and we tell all of our trusted weather source, amateur sources, about it if they haven't seen it, and they tell us if if we've seen graphics and stuff. The bottom line, we just don't know yet. It's too early. August, let's see, September, October, November, December. That's four months. That's a third of a year. (laughs) We can't. You just can't do it. It's hard. When you know a snowstorm is coming, it's hard to determine what's going to happen and where. So within a week, why, yeah. Why, how on earth are they doing it months in advance? I yeah, mean, you know, you know, and it, I mean, they could be looking at the El Nino, the you know, the well, they have to be. Yeah, but that's exactly, but that's one factor in about twenty that you, <laughs> that you look at. You know, we talked about the PDO. I'm going to try to do a weather school on the different aspects of these all all these things, and you got to watch the jet stream, then you got to watch the 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 global thermal profile and i mean there's just there's just tons of stuff so i won't get into it but anyway if you see a graphic that you think is questionable message us with it email us with you know with that graphic we're going to look at it we will tell you yay or nay um if it has to do with massive winter snow, we'll probably say nay. <laughs> so the best thing is just kind of, kind of ignore it. And we'll we'll be hitting our well, we're, yeah. September we start kind of trying to figure out what we think might happen and watch it over the next month or so, and then we'll give our official winter weather outlook 2018-19 in a couple months in October, mid October. Yeah. Mid or late. I mean, yeah. if things are changing, you know, we don't want to, like I said, we're not going to hype hype it up. We'll just tell you what we see. And if we're not convinced or not really sure, we'll wait a few weeks before we do it. Oh, we yeah. want to give the most accurate stuff. And you got to get some graphics out there. We'll, I mean, some real graphics, not these fake ones. Mm. <laughs> well, you got it, anything else? We stormed our certified graphics. Oh, that, that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Put it up certified yeah. on it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Well, let's wrap this thing up. Okay, be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>